This is Brett. And this is Sean. And this is Bonus BS. Bonus BS, a supplemental show to Gaming and BS podcast, where we cover interviews and other such topics not found in our weekly episodes. Enjoy. All right, so we're here with Hans Cummings. He is the author, publisher, and tabletop gamer since 1982. He's recognized as one of Nouveau's best local authors in Indianapolis. Some of his works include Fear the Boots Sojourn and Sojourn Volume 2 Anthology. He also has written Fantasy Duology, The Foundation of the Drac Anar, Wings of Twilight, and Iron Fist of the Orus. The Zach Jackson series to include The Cult of Athos, The Hives of Ultra, and The Cytherian Academy. His hobbies include reading, learning, tabletop, and computer gaming, smoking meat, and igniting young people's curiosity and passion for science and exploration. You can find him blogging about his writing at Visions of Fantasy and the Future or VFF Publishing, Dr. Strange Roll or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love All D&D, which is his gaming blog, or you can find him on Twitter at Jedi Soth or H.C. Cummings. We bring him on the show because he's also a volunteer for the tabletop gaming industry, any awards as submissions coordinator, and publisher relations. Welcome to the show, Hans. Thanks for having me. Did I cover everything? Yeah, that was a pretty good intro. It's probably the best one I've ever done. It's more than I usually say about myself. Wow. None of that should be short-sighted, and everybody should know who you are. Well, I certainly think so, but I guess if they if they did, I wouldn't have to have a day job. Right. So, Hans, again, we're getting to the subject. You are uh, part of the Ennies. So for the people, uh, many people that may listen to us know about the Ennies, but you never know when somebody gets connected into the gaming industry and doesn't know about the Ennies. So what are the Ennie Awards? Um, the Ennie Awards, uh, the best way to describe them are sort of like the People's Choice Awards for the RPG and tabletop gaming industry, um, although we're more we're more focused on role-playing games than board games. That's usually the purview of the Origin Awards covers the board games more than we do. Um, we've been uh, around since 2001. Uh, we started off as kind of a web-only awards, but that lasted a couple of years, and then we started having an actual ceremony at Gen Con. Um, probably, it was probably 2003 or 2004. I wasn't involved at that time, so my dates for the really old stuff are fuzzy. <clears throat> I joined in 2008 as submissions coordinator, and I've been doing that ever since. Um, we try to recognize excellence in the RPG industry wherever we can. Now, you mentioned a lot of role-playing games, but you also, I mean, you guys also cover podcasting. Yes, and anything that's kind of industry-related, so podcasts, and um, we, have, we have categories for artwork and cartography, miniatures products. Um, we have had board games submitted. Uh, they kind of fall under an RPG-related category. Um, these companies will send us their RPG-related novels. Um, pretty much anything that a, an RPG publisher publishes that, supports their game or is in some way related to their game, we will uh, certainly have a look at. So how does one get nominated or win in any? Well, the way they get nominated is first they have to submit their product. Um, Our submissions are open basically from the Saturday of Gen Con, usually until about the first week of May. Uh, This year, 
it's May 8th. That's the deadline that they have to have something postmarked to us. Um, and it's for products that were published in the previous year. So for this year, again, um, anything published from May 1st of 2014 through April 30th of 2015 is eligible. And the publishers, or we also accept fan submissions as long as they have permission from the publisher, send a copy to each judge. They send a copy to me as submissions coordinator. And then the judges have the task of reading all the games, playing the games, listening to all the podcasts, looking over everything that they get. And then they select what they feel are the best products. And those are the nominees. Those are usually announced sometime around the 4th of July weekend. And then after about a week or two of being able to mull those things over, we open up the voting to the public. Anybody with a computer can get online and vote for what they think should win. And it's a, uh, it's not a straight like democra- uh, democratic vote. I believe it's called a, uh, a runoff voting system. We have it explained on our website, and I don't tabulate the votes, so I don't have to worry about counting them. I just make sure that all the submissions are in there. So, but the public votes on them, and then our, uh, the person who tabulates the votes counts it all up, and he comes up with the list of the winners, and then we announce them at Gen Con. Um, usually on the Friday of Gen Con, we have a ceremony. I think we have cocktails about 6.30, and then 7.30 we actually start announcing the winners, and it goes for about an hour and a half or so, and uh, everybody has a really good time. So how many judges do you is there? I mean, I know they're pretty confidential in nature. Um, we have five judges, and um, one thing that the judges are also selected by the public. Um, anybody can nominate themselves to be a judge. Uh, Sometime before we announce the nominees, we, or maybe it's about the time we announce the nominees. I, I haven't looked at the timeline yet. But we open up um, submissions for no- judges, and basically you just fill out an application online. Um, it's a questionnaire uh, about your gaming history, what your views are on certain things, so that basically anybody who wants to vote for a judge can read kind of your profile and figure out if you're the kind of judge that they want looking at products. And then, uh, so those get voted on at the same time as the products. In fact, when you're done voting for your products, the very last thing is a, uh, I think, a little pop-up that says, click this link to go vote for next year's judges. And then we announce those judges at Gen Con, and they immediately get to start working on, on reading the stuff that we receive at Gen Con. We take submissions from Saturday on Saturday and Sunday of Gen Con. So judges are... In place for a year, so the five year comes around, they can get renominated or revoted. Is that correct? And then it turns around like that, right? Yeah, um, we we have we have a couple of second time and third time judges on the panel right now, but they have to reapply every year just like everybody else. So it's representing the whole RPG industry, including uh, like novels that are related products to RPGs and podcasts. How many submissions about do you typically get? And I wouldn't make you break them down per category, but there's got to be quite a few to read and play and look at, right? Yeah, there, we, we, we have over 100 submissions this year so far. I think we usually end the year with close to 150 to 200 submissions. 
Um, one year we actually did tabulate how many pages it was and it was in the tens of thousands of pages and there were like a thousand hours of podcasts for them to listen to. And, uh, of course, most of the judges try to play at least one session of every game they get. So hopefully they have very understanding gaming groups. So the judges, are they all local to the U S or do you have any international? No, we have this year and, and last year, too. We have international judges. We have one in Turkey and one in Poland. Wow. And then the rest are domestic. I don't know if anybody knew that. Uh, the publishers did because I, I get to field their complaints when they say, wow, it's expensive to ship to Poland. And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> I, I know that very well because I have to ship everything that we receive at Gen Con to the judges who don't show up at Gen Con. My responsibility is to mail it out to them. Um, and that's why we auction off the extra copies, because we need to be able to pay for that somehow. And it is very expensive to ship to Turkey and Poland. So you auction them off. Do you, is that at Gen Con as well? Or? Yes, there's a silent auction during the Ennies. And that's, that's what happens to the copies that come to me. Is They get set aside. They, they live in crates in my basement, up off the ground in case it floods. And um, we have a silent auction at Gen Con, and that's our primary fundraiser. Oh, that's pretty cool. I uh, would have never guessed. I would have thought, hey, comp, comped copies, and Hans is sitting on a mound. Yeah, not for me. The uh, <laughs> the judges get, get to keep everything they have, but they have a much harder job than me because they actually have to read everything. I just have to log it in. Okay, so now the categories, um, what are some of the categories? And I know that they change from, from year to year, and you might want to explain a little bit of that too. Right. Um, the categories that we almost always the ones that we always have are like best game best product um product of the year well i guess best product product of the year is the same thing uh so best game product of the year uh best adventure best monster adversary book best setting best supplement um some of the ones that change like best miniatures product we try to have that every year but we don't always have it best cartography we usually have best Interior art, best exterior art, uh, best RPG-related uh, product. So that would be things like um, that would be like the novels or um, board games that aren't really an RPG. Um, the reason why we may not have a category in a particular year is if we don't get enough submissions. We try to encourage as many companies to submit as we can, so that we have at least ten submissions for every category so that the judges actually have a selection. Because if they only get three submissions to a category and we had try to have five nominees, then suddenly you start having a problem, so we have to roll those entries into a different um, category. At least 10 submissions per category. Right. And how many average, I mean, year to year, I know there's the go-to ones, but how many typical categories do you have? There were 26 last year. 260 minimum is what you're looking at, like reviewing. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. I, I do not envy the judges their job. So how long have you been doing this? Um, since 2008. Wow. Okay, so you're, you're not new to the game. No, I, I've been taking in the submissions and cataloging them, and I've got a nice little system worked out. So when, they, when the judges review some of these um, products, when the nominations, and then even just, um, and then it's kind of put out, uh, here's kind of the key nominations for people to vote on. Is there a criteria that the judges have? Like, do they all uniformly get, okay, how are you going to measure, okay, this is a product that is submitted for 
best RPG. And those get criteria. How are they, how are they evaluating the submissions? The guidelines that we give them at the beginning of the year are that they, they're to go through everything and evaluate them in whatever way that they see fit. But they have to come to, um, they have to come to various judges' meetings with like a list of what they think are the top products in each category, and then they have their discussion about it. And they, I believe, it ha- they have to come to a unanimous agreement on what their nominees are. And I've seen it. They don't get contentious, but I've seen some of them go all the way down to the wire where, they're, where they kind of have to negotiate with each other to figure, okay, I don't really think this product deserves a nomination, but I'll go ahead and let this one get nominated if you guys will let me nominate this one over here. Now, if there's one outstanding vote, you're trying to like craft it, I can imagine there's some diplomacy involved. Yeah, and I think technically, if they get deadlocked, I can actually, as submissions coordinator, I get to go in and like break the deadlock, kind of like the president of the Senate can break a tie vote. I've never had to do that, which is good because I I don't want that responsibility really, but I so, believe technically I do have it. So okay, uh, I'm a podcaster. I I don't. You said actually, it's the the publisher or the, the people behind the product that submit it. Is that right? right. It's not? Right. Fans don't typically submit, but you mentioned they can. Right. We changed the rules, um, I think, two years ago so that we can accept fan submissions. Um, we do like to have a, uh, at least an email from the publisher saying, yeah, it's okay for them to do this. And then it's the fans, then it's their responsibility to make sure that we get enough copies of it. For electronic submissions, that's not really a problem. Although... They can't just send us a PDF that's like watermarked to them if you know there's any kind of DRM on it. But um, if it's like a podcast or something, and a fan says, "Yeah, you should listen to this episode," you know, I want it, I want it considered. And the publisher says, "Yeah, that's that's cool. Let him do that." Then we're we're fine with that. All right. So as soon as I'm done, Hans, I will email you, okay. saying it's okay that any of the listeners to this podcast can submit us. It's okay. <laughs> we're giving you permission. Okay. We're you can not, also submit yourself. Well, yeah, I've talked to Brett a little bit about that. We're we're kind of laying low, I think, in that respect this year. We'll see. It's. I mean, we've only had a. I think this will be episode thirty-three. So we'll let the if the fans think it's worthy, then great. And then next year, if we still think we've got enough juice, you know, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. They have to. They they should send us a link to the uh, to the one episode they think is like the best you've done. Oh. Otherwise, the judges get to just pick whichever one they want and use that as their representative sample. Well, uh, we're pretty low uh, uh, as far as quality goes. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, picking one of our episodes, I mean, it's it's kind of like reaching into a jelly bean jar and just picking one out because I think, I don't know, we'll see. I've heard that from a lot of podcasters. <laughs> really? Yeah, every everybody thinks that theirs. Oh, ours is horrible. And then they then if they get nominated, they're like, "What? How could you nominate us? We were horrible." Oh, in so, that well, case, obviously I, you're not that bad. Well, in that case, I need to turn things around. Hey, we're the greatest podcast out there, Hans. So if this comes <laughs> down to a vote, you know, and I've I've played in Hans's game at Gary Con. We've met. Uh, we've played in two games actually. One as players um, mm-hmm. in a top secret game, and then um, just recently, Hans ran a fake game at Gary Con this past year. That's right. You were in my Fallout game. Yeah, my first time. My first time playing Fate. Yeah, I think it was like my fourth time running it. So 
Hey, um, and I, I've given you props. I, when I came back and we did a show and I mentioned like, well, here's my experience at Gary Con. I played in Hans's uh, fate game. I put pictures on Google plus, um, but you gave free copies of Fate Excel Accelerated. And while I was in the game, I said, you know, hey, he's like, here, you can just have a copy free. And I said, wow, did you pay for this or did, you know, Evil Hat, you know, say, hey, you know, we know you're running some games. Here you go. Feel free. But no, Hans picked up the tab and bought them all. And you ran how many games for a Fate? I ran four Fate games at Gary Con, one each day. And you were like probably at least six players each. Yeah, I had six six players in each game and he forked out the money and gave hey here's complimentary copy of fate accelerated yep and i i there were a few people who didn't take it and there was one guy who insisted on paying me five bucks for it he would not take no for an answer and usually when somebody hands me money i usually don't give it back yeah it wasn't me no, it, it was in my Sunday, in my saturday game was saturday it was my saturday game now i feel like a complete schmuck no, it's okay. I, I bought them to give away. I thought it was. I thought it would be a nice thing to do and maybe get people interested in fate. And then after I placed the order, I thought I should have emailed Fred Hicks and asked for comp copies. I already paid for it at that point, so I was like, "Oh well, maybe next year." Yeah. So getting back to to the Ennies, um, advice. What do you give? Okay, so hey, I'm a podcaster guy. I'm I'm maybe an independently published person who hasn't really gotten a lot of limelight, but I think I might have a good product. Maybe a fan, you know, I got a little bit of fan base. So, what is your advice for people that want to submit an entry to the Ennies? Um, probably as far as their product goes, just try to make the best product you can. Um, Labors of love do get nominated. Um, I've seen it over and over again. People think, oh, we've got no chance against Paizo and Wizards of the Coast. And for the nominations, that's not true. Um, I, I will concede that when it comes down to a popular vote, if you're nominated and you're up against Wizards of Paizo, they just have so many fans that maybe you have 100 dedicated people, but they have like 10,000 dedicated people who will go on and vote. So... But to get a nomination, you just have to have a really good product that you believe in. And that usually shows in the quality. Um, if you're writing something, make sure you get it edited. Um, artwork is not necessarily um, a thing that can make a game great. Of course, if you want an art nomination, you have to have artwork in there. But if you're just trying to get something for best rules or best writing, then you can go up against the the big triple a companies it's i've seen it happen time and time again uh, for podcasts you know just try to have a well edited product uh, don't do what i've been doing all night and saying um uh uh <laughs> try try to avoid that kind of stuff sure well if you don't if you don't submit there's only one result right, right. It, you don't you don't get anything it's done but if you do right. and you don't get it well you know you try again next year with the next product that you have or and if you have an electronic product, uh, the barrier to entry is very low. We don't have a submissions fee. Um, if you have a print product, you do have to mail it. Um, and th- in this case, you have to mail it to Poland and Turkey along with three, U- three or four U.S. destinations. So that can be expensive. But if you have an electronic product, um, distribution costs you nothing. You just mail it, email it to me, and I will get it to the judges. So that's a good point. So there's no – besides the mailing of the product – there is no entry fee. That's correct. Ah. All right. So 
Ennies, how do I, what, do I get to go to the awards if I only submit? What, how does that work? The, the awards ceremony are open to the public, although I think Gen Con prefers that we only let attendees come. Um, I've never seen them police badges at the ceremony, but I have seen them police badges at like the open gaming area, so you should, you should be a Gen Con attendee. But you don't need to buy, you don't need to buy an event ticket. You just show up. Um, you can mingle with game, game designers and uh, you know, the writers and designers of your favorite games. We have a lot of space. Uh, I think we we can accommodate three four hundred people. Uh, the last two years we've had it at the uh, Grand Ballroom at Union Station, which is this beautiful, um, beautiful kind of nineteenth century uh, room with uh, stained glass and I mean an arched ceiling that's like three stories tall. And the acoustics aren't that great. Our sound guy always complains about that, but uh, visually it's very impressive it makes us look like we're this real top rate you know award ceremony like hollywood would have it's really great i'm waiting for the live stream hans can any pull over there and do a live stream um, well we do do a live stream do you actually yes um russ morrissey of en world has been handling that the last couple of years because he has the equipment to do it and he is also the owner of the any awards although we uh <clears throat> we EN World is not actually one of our sponsors. That's the Any Awards did start there, but I believe he's he keeps them as separate businesses at this point. Okay. So they're 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 where we came from, but I don't believe that we're no we're any longer like beholden to EN World for anything. Although that is where we go and try to get volunteers for the booth. Now, if people wanted to find what's been nominated or whatever, mm-hmm. where do they go? To, I mean, obviously, so I guess the question is where they can submit to you, but where is you? Where do they find you? And then um, once they, they're nominated, how do they vote? Things of that nature. Right. They go to www.anyawards.com. So that's E-N-N-I-E-A-W-A-R-D-S.com. Um, there's a... There are links for rules, and under rules, there's how to enter, and that's um, that gives them the whole breakdown. There's the judges' mailing addresses are available through a link there too. Although for the international judges, it's probably best to rewrite them into the proper form and use a shipping method that uses tracking. Um, that's not a requirement. That's just a recommendation because we have had things lost in the mail. And if things get lost in the mail, there's nothing we can do about it. And I can tell you from experience that the Turkish and Polish post offices don't really care that much. What? Yeah. I mean, they're, <laughs> they, they're like, hey, well, sorry. Um, and then next to the link for rules, there's a 2015 submissions link. And underneath there, you can see everything that was submitted, and we'll have a nominations link up there when we make them. Uh, the very last link at the top of our website is the submissions form. It's an electronic form. You can just fill it out. If you're submitting more than, I think, three products, you have to fill out more than one form because our web form can, can only accommodate a certain number, but um, unfortunately, that's a limitation of the software we're using. Um, but there's no limit to how many things you can submit. I've gotten five forms from one company at, 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 at times. I think Usually when Paizo sends us stuff, I get five forms from them and four or five from Wizard of the Coast. and It's just data entry. Sure. And fill it, fill it out completely. Um, we ask for uh, a musical selection also. If uh, you happen to get 
if you happen to win an award, we play a little uh, your own musical cue. Oh, it's a like winner's walk, if you will. Yeah, it's like when you're in the major leagues and you want your song when you walk up to the plate, right? Right. Um, but a lot of people leave that blank. What? And if if you leave it blank, two things happen. One, if you get nominated, then I have to track you down before Gen Con in the very short amount of time in between nominations and Gen Con and try to get your song. And our sound engineer kind of cuts those off a week and a half before Gen Con because he travels. And once he leaves his house and his home, and he can't change the audio mix at that point. Um, so if you don't have one in there and I can't get a hold of you, then he gets to pick. And it, he's, he's respectful and he does a good job, but he might not pick what you would have picked. So that can be an issue. So Hans, if you were to win in any, what would be your song? Oh gosh, I've never even thought about that because I'm like, gee, if I submit anything, it's a conflict of interest. Um, oh gosh, I would have to pick, um. I don't want to be cliche and say like the uh, the throne room march from from Star Wars, but wow, that's, that's the first a, thing that kind of pops into my head. That's a good one. Yeah, I think somebody else already uses that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly I don't know what I would even come up with. I you know who knows. A lot of podcasts use their intro music if sure. they have it. Yeah, we wouldn't do that. We would do something much better. Yeah, and since we're only playing like a 15-second snippet of it, um, I believe it falls under fair use, so you could use you know, any song that you want. All right. All right, so that's Hans and Ennies. Any more about the Ennies before we go into skill check, Hans? Um, no, just, um, just like to reiterate that the postmark deadline is May 8th, which is, gosh, like two weeks away. So if you've got something you want to submit, it's now or never. All right. So, Hans, every guest that we have on the show, we do what's called skill check. Are you up for a skill check? Sure. All right. So, the first question I have is GM or player? I'm a GM. GM. That sets it off, folks. All right. So, screen or no screen? It depends on the system. I usually use a screen. All right. Fair enough. So, uh, pre-published content, a.k.a. modules, or original content? I usually use a mixture of both. Um, right now, I've been having a lot of work. I, I've been slammed at work, and I'm trying to write three novels, so I've been using pre-published content because it's, it's less work on that side for me. But I, I have been altering it a bit to make it fit my group better. All right. Okay, so balanced encounters or screw balance? There's something to be said for balance, but I don't think it's always necessary. I think it's good sometimes for players to learn that the world is a big place and sometimes they're going to walk into a situation that they probably should just turn around and run from. All right, so favorite RPG, Hans? (sighs) Favorite? um, Gosh. I think I never really got over my love affair with the uh, West End Games version of Star Wars, but I end up playing Dungeons & Dragons more. Any specific edition? I am currently playing 5th edition, and it's it's my favorite of the modern editions. I'm still not quite sure if I like it as much as I like 2nd edition, but it's pretty darn close. 
So my next question was, what are you playing? So five. Yeah. So we're. So I'm running a, a, a fifth edition campaign. I'm actually running the Tyranny of Dragons, and they're about just a little over halfway through Horde of the Dragon Queen. How you like it so far? Uh, we're really enjoying it. Everybody who plays uh, likes it. Um, we had just came off a Pathfinder campaign, and then previously to that, we played fourth edition. And I think it's almost unanimous in my group that they prefer fifth edition to either one of those games. All right. Well, that's all the questions I had for you. Hans, where can people find you? I think I mentioned in the bio, but anything else you want to plug before we let you go? Uh, right. Uh, I will be at Gen Con uh, on Authors Avenue, as I have been the last two years. I have a table. I will be selling my novels. I should be debuting the first book in my new trilogy, Scars of the Sundering. That novel is titled Malediction. Um, it's in editing right now. I've just got a few more weeks worth of work on it, and it should be available for purchase at Gen Con. Uh, the second novel, Lament, is all written. It just needs to be edited. And I'm currently writing the third book, Salvation, in that series. And they're, they're going to be released one right after the other as soon as I can. So you don't have to worry about me pulling a Robert Jordan or anything like that. This series will be completed in fairly short order. Excellent. And hopefully you can pick a copy up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, if it's an Ennies-related thing, my email address is entries at any-awards.com. And then, like you said at the beginning, uh, find me on Twitter. I accept questions about the Ennies at either handle, although the at Jedi Soth handle is kind of the gaming-related Twitter. The HCC Cumming, the HC Cummings Twitter is, uh, I tend to reserve for uh, my writing, so I don't tweet there as often as I should since I'm still trying to build an audience I probably should tweet there more but uh, I'm pretty bad at that All right. so I think that's all we have for Hans Hans thanks so much for coming on the show elaborating on the Ennies if you uh, want to support Hans directly buy one of his novels find him on Twitter and follow him he's on Google Plus as well a really good guy to meet if you ever run into him at a con very approachable and I'll speak on that firsthand. Thanks so much, Hans. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.